we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. First church we dealt with was the church at Ephesus. And um, the church then, the Bible tells us in Revelations that it was a new church on fire, but as time progressed while facing persecution, they grew tired and they did what? Abandoned their first love. Some of y'all were a part of a church like that. I was a part of a church like that that started out on fire and then abandoned their first love, meaning the reason why the church was formed to help people and to, to bless people and to, 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 to preach the word and preach the truth. Those things started changing as persecution came in the lives of the members in different ones. And you know, you can go through things that can cause bitterness to, to, to rise up in your heart and it will change your focus. It will change your focus. People that you know that are anti-God, anti-Christ, or not living right, or just angry, church hurt, and different things. Those are people that allow bitterness to enter into their hearts undealt with. You know, I was talking to someone about the importance of fathers in the lives of, in our lives, because fathers are the ones, because of their logic, and, you know, when they're not emotional, but when they're you know, real men that have logic, they'll help their children deal with bad situations. So when bad situations happen to the children, you go, your father's going to give you logic, sound advice. A lot of it's based on what he went through, but some of it's, you know, whatever it's based on, he's going to tell you, no, nah, you don't need to do this. No, don't react like that. Or he'll let you, hey, just get it on out right now, but don't react like that because you don't want people to react this way to you or you don't want to, you know, stop, uh, uh, inhibit yourself or hurt yourself or hurt your progress, your future, your this or your that. This is what sound logic is. I thank God I was able to do that with my children and, you know, help them sit them down and say, no, don't, don't make this decision. No, don't do it this way. Don't do it. This way. Sometimes you got to talk with an object in your hand that can cause pain. Because sometimes talking is not enough. You can tell them, but they need a reminder along with it. Amen. Ain't nothing wrong with the beat down. My mom hates when I say that, but she was the queen. You know, they don't get delivered till they get grandchildren. Then they go to philosophizing. Philosophy. Oh, no, you don't just hit them. You have to talk in the book of parodying here. You can borrow this book. Bug used to throw this book at me. Boy, they get a whole lot of sense with his grandchildren. <laughs> but yeah, but, but those things remind you, you get to sit them down and talk to them. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is because the flip side of that is when a kid doesn't have counsel or someone to counsel them through a tough time, that tough time can grow what the Bible calls a bitter root. They didn't have anybody to talk to them, help them. That's, see, that's the folks that hate Christ right now. Because they grew up in quote unquote Christian homes. But Christ never helped nobody in their home. And it wasn't because Christ couldn't. 
It was because people were using the label of Christ, but then doing things their way simultaneously. You see what I'm saying? You calling Christ and, oh, Christ is in Jesus. And you saying all of that, but the decisions you're making are Satan's. Or when a child grows up and sees that, then bitterness will grow in them. So when they get older, they don't want to have nothing to do with church. They don't want to, do, to hear that. Then when you try to talk to them and help them, but they're an older age with that bitterness, they can just turn you off. They don't even know how to receive. The Bible says that the time will come when men won't be able to endure sound doctrine. Meaning I can't even sit down and listen because my anger and my bitterness won't let me process sound wisdom. Because when I was younger, nobody got to me and fixed that. They'll sit right in church, clap, sing, everything. But if you make them mad the wrong way, you lost them. Sometimes they'll stay in the church, but they will spread that bitter root all over it. That's because they, nobody came. And that's why I preach about men in the homes and fathers and being a father so that you can constantly go after your children. So when they get in trouble, you can be there. You can say, no, this isn't the way you do that. Don't handle it this way. Go on and be mad. Go on and cry. Go on and have your feelings hurt. But then we got we to gotta do some business after that. Yes, sir. A woman can't teach that. Uh-oh. Y'all saw the trailer. Woman can't, you can't teach that because you're emotional. You're the one that come alongside him and cry with him. You're the agreer. I'm agreeing with him. No, no, yeah, that dude was, that was trash what he did. He sucked. But you let the man come along and say, okay, after y'all got all this out, now here's what we need to do. Here's how we handle this. But a lot of times that man's not there for that balance, so when your heart gets to beating, and, man, you better watch me because I'm liable to say anything. That's because that, that's a bitter root in you. And, and someone, you know, that someone was missing in your life to offer you counsel and to teach you how to hear it. Amen? So when, when persecution hit this church, it changed their focus. They were once about God. They were once about the Lord. They were in love with the Lord. But persecution hit. Different things hit. You know, persecution could have been they, uh, their money was taken. So then the preacher had to start preaching about money. Then the more he preached about money, the more folks became about money. And it changed the focus. And they abandoned their first love. That was then. Now, refocusing for us. And I'm, gonna do, I'm doing this. I didn't explain it at the beginning, but I'm doing this then and now. So I'm showing you how the seven churches relate to us now. Okay. Because if you want to know what God expects, what he wants, all of that, these seven churches cover every aspect of the church. Everything we need right now is in this letter, in these letters. So now, refocusing. Look at somebody say refocusing. We got to get refocused. So when we get off, when the church becomes about money, when the church becomes about, you know, status and titles, that can happen too. Someone can have very good intentions, come along, and, and, and he's all about helping the people. And then somebody tells him, man, you need a title to help the people. He takes on the title, then he becomes about the title. Then he gets around others with the title, and they teach him how to use the title and how others should respect the title. Then it becomes about titles. So then the men under him want a title, so they start turning on him and conniving so they can get a title. And title, title, title. The whole thing becomes about titles. Because a homosexual dressed like a woman can walk around to meet. Y'all saw the pictures. Did y'all see the red carpet? They should have called that the flame carpet. 
the red hot carpet. Whole bunch of red hots. It was just men dressed like women, men dressed in drag. They're just walking all around. Nobody cares because everybody's there with the title. Make me a bishop. Make me a put me on the board. I need to be this. I need to be. And that's all it's about. And while they're doing that, the Bible says in, in, in Psalms that the wicked walk on every side when the vile men are exalted. You keep exalting vile men, wicked going to walk around, the Bible said, freely. Undealt with. Does that make sense? So that's what happens. So that could be the issue. Whatever the issue is, it requires refocusing. Look at somebody say refocus. Refocusing requires us to go back and find what gave us incentive to initially pursue Christ. It's what every one of us needs to do. When you feel yourself getting off the mark, getting off the path, getting off what God has called you to be, you need to go back and refocus and remember what was it that brought you here? What made you into Christ when you got into him? Wanted to be with him. Want to be a part of what he's doing. What was it? You need to refocus on that. Refocusing requires us to go back and find out what gave us that incentive. What was it that motivated us to chase after God and stand strong for him? We must return to that place. Amen? Revelation 2 and 5. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and do what? Just repent. Can you repent? Who in here can repent? Let me see. You, you, you capable, you repentable. Is that a word? You can repent. I can repent. I'm not too big to say I was, I blew it. I was wrong. I gotta, I gotta go back and refocus. Amen. So he says, remember what made you fall. No, remember who, how you were before you fell and then repent and do what? Do what you did first again. The way you used to be about Christ, be like that again. Or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove that candlestick out of his place. Unless you do what? Repent. Second church was Smyrna. This is the one that folk don't like. They don't like the Smyrna story. The persecution from Rome and its evil government was intense. Until it just wiped all their money out. They had no money. This church had to exist. Poverty stricken. Ooh, a lot of folks now would have left that church. Amen. You know a lot of folks go to church thinking God's going to give them some money. Uh-oh. They go to mega churches. Because they think what's on the head is going to ooze down all over the body. No, you don't go to church for money. Amen. You go to work. Amen. How many of you got more money from work than you did church? That is a truism. Yeah, no, you don't come to church to try to bump elbows with, with, with the successful folks. But the persecution in Rome for Smyrna was so bad that it, it broke, the church was broke. And Christ came in, y'all remember? And Christ came in and didn't even talk about them getting money. 
Most preachers would have you believe that when the Lord came, he took care of all their financial needs. No, he didn't. He says, I know you're broke. Just don't give up. That's what he said. I know you're broke. You don't have anything. He said, just, just make it to the end. Now, suffering for the cause of Christ makes us akin to his sufferings and gives us a place with, place with him. Some of you want a job, want to excel in your job, but somebody found out you was a Christian and they won't let you. So you can't even make that extra money. To God be the glory. See, because if you pray to God, God will make the money you get and stretch. Y'all don't know about the stretchy money. Anybody, the Lord stretched your money and you were scratching your head. But this church suffered financially. We must not get caught up in what we do not have, but rather serve God with what? With all that we have. You may not have. You may not, but we're going to serve God anyway. We're going to bless the Lord. Amen. He's going to feed you. He's going to feed you. You're not going to be hungry. You might miss a meal. Some of us need to. Because some of the food we ate in the previous meal was enough for four people overseas. Y'all Americans, we, we. We're supposed to be eating half of what we sit down with. I don't know why. Every time I eat biscuits, it just bloat me. Because <laughs> you're not supposed to eat biscuits. And blessing, oh Lord, bless it. Jesus' name, because you know dairy, what it does to me. Lord, bless it. <laughs> what? You crazy. It's the brothers in here. I ain't going to call their names. Talk to me. <laughs> I ain't going to call their names and look in no directions. <laughs> man, what's wrong, y'all? Oh, yeah, man, this allergy, man. I can't breathe. Uh, you, know, you know how bad it is. You still eating dairy? Well, yeah, you know I got to have my cheese. I ain't going to call no names. <laughs> Wife thinks she's sleeping next to a lawnmower. <laughs> so you can have pizza. This is what he told him. He said, Fear none of those things that thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall come cast you into prison. In other words, he's saying, I know you don't have any money. Guess what? It's going to get worse. This is what Christ is telling us. It's going to get worse. Some of you are going to be cast into prison that you may be tried. You should have tribulation 10 days under these rulers. Be thou faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life. He didn't say hold on money. He's coming. Your delivery, your breakthrough. Because breakthrough is money in, in modern church. Oh, your season, you just, just a season. After this season, just going to be the season of plenty. See, this is the season of not, of have not. Then after this season, there's always plenty. What are you talking about? You don't know what I'm going to have. And you don't know what God is going to do. Amen. Just go to work and stop thinking about seasons. Let it be a season of going to work. This season lasts forever. 
But he said, if you just endure and be faithful to the end of this, you'll get a crown of life. Pergamos was the church, was the worldly church, and they dwelled in Satan's seat, right in the heart of false god worship. And the Bible says that this false god worship crept into the church. This was the true birthplace of Catholicism and the Nicolaitans doctrine of the man in the middle. The man in the middle is, you know, what Catholic uh, priest and well, who the Pope is. The Pope is the mediator between man and God. The priest is the mediator. You go tell the priest your sins and he forgives you of your sins instead of you going and bombarding Christ with it. So they put the man in the middle. And this is where we get, you know, some, even some preachers think that they are above the people to the point to where the people can't go to God unless they come through them. That came from Catholicism and that is not true. Amen. 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 A shepherd leads sheep to food, but sheep still have to eat it. Amen. And the shepherd still can't provide the grass. He can lead you to some grass, but God's going to grow the grass. Amen. So there is no man in the middle philosophy that came from Catholicism. The doctrine of Balaam also he mentioned in this passage, which was the intermingling of false God worshipers and casting a stumbling block before God's people. This was prevalent in the fellowship. Casting this stumbling block of false God worship was, was, was prevalent. Even now, these ancient practices are pre presently destroying our churches today. And this is the whole thing with the titles and the hierarchies and all of these different things where men are being used as mediators and they're losing the true position that they had as a pastor and a leader and a guide to people. Now they're becoming Lord over the people. Now they're becoming as important as God is to the people. That's not God's intent for mankind. Jesus came so that he could be the only mediator. The Bible says there's only one mediator, which is Christ. We take our sins to Christ. He washes them with his blood. Amen. There ain't no man going to forgive our sins. Christ has to forgive our sins. Right? We must remove the idols. And all the Catholic garments from the house of the Lord. And these are things that crept in over years where people just wasn't paying, they weren't paying attention to it. And Catholicism and Protestant, uh, Protestantism merged. Now, originally, Protestant comes from the word protest, which was protesters, and they were protesting Catholicism. Amen. Move the idols out of God's house. These are stumbling blocks for the members and leaders in the church. Revelation 2 and 14. But I have a few things against thee because thou hast there that hold the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel. To eat things, sacrifice unto idols, and commit spiritual fornication. Meaning going after other gods. So hast thou also that hold to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans which I hate. So this is Jesus laying down the law saying, y'all get the Catholic junk out of there. That's the great whore. That is Antichrist. The Pope is leading every Antichrist leader. He's the head of all of them. He's the spiritual world leader. 
Thyatira, Jezebel. This was the compromising church, the church of the dark ages, which the women was out of control. The Bible said that Jezebel, the spirit, led the church into compromise with the world. And that'll always happen because a woman is emotional. So whenever you make a woman a pastor and put her over people, she's going to lead emotionally. There's no way she cannot. I don't need your amen. Go ask a scientist. You're emotional if you're a woman. Even old butch lesbian is, is, is emotional. She just ain't going to show it. They're emotional. So, but when they, when they leave, they lead the ch- always lead the church into compromise. Feeling sorry for folks, feeling sorry for stuff, always letting stuff go emotionally. This is why God created, I mean, uh, uses men in that office because man, men are logical. Leadership needs logic. Now, emotions balances out logic. So it's good for the man to have the woman. That's why he findeth a good thing. Can I preach in here? Y'all act like y'all scared of this, boy. Somebody's scared to say amen because they wife. Gonna get them. I heard you in there. <laughs> y'all at first trying to eat. I heard you today. What? What? I, I, trust me, I heard you. But there was no distinction between the clean and the unclean because of the compromise. It all looked the same. Today, women must keep their rightful place in ministries. Amen. They must not teach men according to what the Bible says, but rather teach and admonish who? Women. When they are what? Qualified. So if you're not qualified, hush and be taught according to sound doctrine. This is what sound doctrine. Sound doctrine never mentions women teaching men. They must not teach a man, rather teach and admonish women when they're qualified. God's church must be what? In order to do what? Represent him in the earth. Revelations 2, 2, 2. Y'all saw that in the trailer, right? Kimber says, oh, see, my angel numbers are 2, 2, 2. You're right. Because this scripture is about you. (laughs) Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her, which is spiritual adultery, into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. Talking about Jezebel. Ain't that funny how her numbers are the two, two, two? Two, two, two. Two, two, two. And she on Jay-Z's album, four, four, four. Add that together and it's what? <laughs> These folk playing with y'all. But he said it. Jezebel, I talked about it in the video. That spirit of Jezebel is going to always cause a woman's sickness. In your body. Something in your body's going to mess up. Because the Bible says that he's going to cast you into your sickbed. Amen. Run from that. Look at somebody say, run from that spirit. Take a bat, wash it off. Just whatever you got to do. Go through the car wash. Whatever you got to do to get that junk off of you. Don't operate with that spirit. That man controlling spirit. Something will always be wrong. And it's going to always manifest in your children. The church at Sardis, the church was dead, but they always talked about how alive it used to be. Anybody heard of a church like that? Amen. You go in there and look at the pictures on the wall. Oh, Lord. But this church was dead 
And that's all they talked about the way it used to be. That means God had left. The, the power of God had stopped moving and operating. And they were just still talking about back when the power of God used to operate. Amen. Y'all been to churches like that. Amen. You go in there and it's dry and dead and everything's dried up. Your lips start dry. You got to put extra Carmex on. It's dry and dead in it. Oh, but there was one time. Everybody stand up to testify. I remember one time when the, 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 some, 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 some bad people tried to come in and a woman jumped up and pointed and the doors just closed. Stuff like that happened. We had one lady get up and talk about somebody shooting at her and bullets just froze. <laughs> so boy, them were some powerful times, wasn't it? <laughs> How God used to move among them. But now they only have memories. God wants us to recognize that we are dead. You know, that's the first, that's the only way you can fix it is to first realize, y'all, somebody just need to get up and get a mic and say, y'all, y'all know what? <laughs> this is whack. <laughs> and then we need to fix those things that remain. We must get rid of those things that are killing the church and replace them with things that do what? Edify and bless the church. Amen. He says, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain, that ye are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. So he's telling the dead church, strengthen the things that remain. Man, you, there's children in here. There are new families. There are young people. Y'all, we got to strengthen these things that remain. In other words, we got to get these that remain, get them the truth. You know, the church will come alive once the truth comes back in there. The thing that kills the church deader than dead is denial. Folks walking around in denial. Man, if you would look in the mirror and realize that you are trash, you can do something about it. You better realize that you need help. Amen? Then we can fix it. The church at Philadelphia, which Christ didn't have anything bad to say. They were the faithful church. This was the time of the great revival of the people and the word went forth with power. Because of Christ's open door, God's power was able to use this church to fight against the uh, hypocrites of this time. I'm going to talk about this open door thing in part 12 a little more because it is actually a spiritual opening of a spiritual door into the realm of where God is that, you know, prayer and different things brings forth so that we can have the gifts of God and the power of God upon our lives so that we can have the power. You know, you got to have God's power to raise your kids. Man, to parent these, this wayward generation? The devil has got access to them from every angle. You have to have the power of God. So you need an open door so you can get power from God. And the church of Philadelphia was the one that had the open door where they had access to certain powers of God that, were, that this church used to fight against the hypocrisy, because the hypocrisy was bad. And I explained it in the earlier lesson, how they had to they had to reinforce a word that they didn't have. All they had was a le letters from apostles and the law. So they had to reinforce what Christ said and what Christ did and go up against the Jews of that time that were claiming the Torah and the law as still active, not changed since Christ paid the penalty of it. Y'all understand? And all this was in the same room, in the same church. And they had to prove it by belief. So you got to try to teach people to believe what Christ has done, not exactly what they're reading. 
Can you imagine how challenging that was? So they had to have supernatural power of God to manifest certain gifts and powers to prove what they were saying was real. This is why the gifts flowed differently back then than we see them now. Those gifts back then were used to prove something that wasn't written. Man, y'all just, that's all right. I'm going too deep. So they had to go against the hypocrites, so they had to have power and works. Somebody say, man, no, Christ couldn't do that. You say, yeah, the same power is operating through me. No, it's not. And they just pick up a lame person and, just, and they just get up and walk. Like, see, that's the power of Christ. They had to have that because they didn't have it written. Now it's about belief because the Bible says, blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. We are the blessed ones because we get to believe. We haven't seen, but we have the word to put our faith in. So this door was open, the open door. We must rely solely on God's power in our time as well. Christ's open door allows us to operate in the spirit realm to fix natural things. His power gives us spiritual authority of spiritual issues that manifest in the natural. So we need Christ's open door now to supernaturally be able to raise our children, to keep our marriages intact. Sometimes you need supernatural power to stay in your home. Amen, men. You better not amen that. Your wife said, what? Supernatural, huh? Okay. (laughs) No, but really, though, if you were raised and you saw your daddy just walk out, the spirit of walk out is going to be on you. I don't care what you think. You saw your daddy walk out and not commit to your mama. The spirit of non-committal will come over you every now and then. And you got to have supernatural power to fight it off. Romans 3, I mean, Revelation 3 and 9. Behold, I make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. He's talking about that conflict that was going on inside the church. Behold, I'm going to make them to come and worship before thy feet. How am I going to do that? With the open door. Man, when they see the works and the acts that you're able to perform, the people are going to be like, oh, man, he must be Christ. So I'm going to make them do it right before your feet. And to know that I have loved thee through this open door. Laodicea. This was the prosperous church, but they were lukewarm. More concerned with getting things and being self-sufficient than Christ's purpose for them. And this models our church, most, I mean, not our church here, but the modern church, period. This, this, this probably models it the most after, well, it's kind of dying out now, but around the 90s when all the prosperity, when TBN was booming and all the prosperity preachers was getting on there telling you what you was going to get if you get this and what you, and all that, and they became about money and church became about money and getting things and people became more concerned with that. Although we may have good things, we must never forget God's purpose for us. Nothing that we have is more important than what he wants for us. For the cause of Christ, we may have to turn down certain progressions and riches of this world. Certain things you're going to have to turn down because they're going to make you compromise. So you may have to turn them down. But it's better to do without naturally and have spiritually than to have naturally and do without spiritually. Revelations 3 and 17. Because thou sayest I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing. 
Christ is saying, boy, don't you know that you are wretched and miserable? You're poor. You're blind. You, got, you have things and you're still poor. You have things and you're miserable because you found out that it's not things that's going to make you happy anyway. It's doing what God says. Summary. These churches were judged by Christ to show us the conditions of our churches today. What we see in these churches appear in all churches. And Christ's interactions with each church signifies that he never gives up on his church body. Did y'all hear that? His actions right here says he's, he's just not going to give up on us. We are the body of Christ. And if Christ is life, then his body is alive. Though he may rebuke and admonish, he does not end his concept of having an earthly church body to operate through. There is a reason we are here as a church. There's a reason we come together. Christ operates through us. So he's never going to do away with that. When he ascended on high, he left the church to represent him in the earth. The body of Christ literally means that he is the head and we are his arms and legs and hands and feet in the world. We're his body. We move through him and by him. He operates through us and gets his will accomplished through us. Though many may have been hurt by a church, a church leader, or someone that misused the word of God. They must forgive and accept the fact that the church is not going away because of failure or error. Amen? Some of y'all thought the church, y'all hated the church. Whatever happened to you, church hurt, whatever, you gave up on it. But the church is not going away because of human error. Look at it this way. Did God throw us away when we failed and made mistakes? When we were in error? Did not the grace of God bring us to our senses? Even though we may have hurt others or ourselves, God never gave up on us. Christ will never give up on his church because it's made up of what? People. Although the people that lead it and fill it are not perfect and may err, Christ still loves his church and will continue to correct restore, and revive his churches in the earth. Husbands, love your wives even as what? Christ also loved the church and did what? Gave himself for it. Why did he give himself for it? It just stops talking about the husband altogether. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word tell you what that means in part 12 too that he might present it to himself a glorious church not having what spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that it should be holy and without blemish so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies he that loveth his wife loveth himself for no man ever yet hateth his own flesh but he nourishes it and cherishes it as what? As the Lord nourishes and cherishes the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of what? His bones. We are his body. 
When he wants something to happen in the earth, he uses us. When he wants to be seen by mankind, he uses us. We are his body. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com. Dot com.